It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, America's number one daily podcast network. Thanks for downloading the show. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and also the brand new Himalaya Podcast app. So check us out there. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. A lot to get to on today's Wednesday hump day edition of the podcast. We're breaking down what happened with the news breaking overnight that Jake Toulson will be joining the BYU basketball program. We're also talking some NFL drafts with Corbin Kafusi, who hopes to hear his name called but is also not afraid of going the undrafted free agent route as he recovers from his various surgeries he had after the football season. And of course we'll catch you up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. The women's softball team in action at home tonight at Gale Miller Field. So a lot to get to and let's get going. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for April 24th 2019. All right, guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thanks again for joining us on a Wednesday edition of this show. Great news for the BYU basketball program overnight coming. And the first report I saw of it officially uh, on social media, etc., was that from WatchStadium.com's Jeff Goodman, who said that Jake Toulson, the UVU graduate transfer guard, will be rejoining BYU, of course, starting his career as a Cougar. But I want to give the real credit to Pat. Patrick Kinahan. He mentioned on air yesterday on DJ and PK in the morning on the Zone Sports Network that likely Toulson was going to end up at BYU. So PK was really ahead of the game on this, had the story, reported it, and so my hat goes off to him. But Jake Toulson is going to be joining BYU, the six foot five guard from Utah Valley University. He was the 2018-19 Western Athletic Conference Player of the Year, and he will be immediately eligible to play for BYU because he is a graduate transfer. He's earning his UVU degree this spring should be coming I guess in this next week or so when convocation takes place so I think this is a great addition for the Cougars Toulson I know a lot of BYU fans will remember him from his first stint at BYU didn't go so well he played for two years uh, averaged 2.8 points 1.5 rebounds and 9.4 minutes per game in his first stint at BYU well has definitely had an uptick since going over to UVU he really found his game and became quite the well-rounded player he averaged a team high 15.7 points per game in the last over the last season for UVU averaged 4.5 rebounds per game which was the third best on the team and probably the most impressive thing of it all is his three-point percentage, three, shooting from beyond the arc. 44.8 will round it up to 45% from three-point range. That is is an elite number. BYU definitely could use that. Uh, Mark Pope has an offense that relies a lot on a lot of ball movement, a lot of uh, a lot of screening and helping out each other, a lot of ball screens, etc. Toulson has learned how to play that game, so he'll fit it right into what uh, Pope wants to do. Should be a seamless transition. He'll be in a graduate program. I would imagine something like the executive MPA program that BYU offers would likely be where Toulson enrolls, gets admitted to start that program while he's at BYU for his final season of collegiate eligibility. But I don't think I can um, 
express adequately enough how big of, a, of an impact this could have for BYU. Uh, talking to some people around the BYU basketball program, there is uh, more than a likely chance, I can't say names at this point, but there's more than a likely chance that multiple transfers out of the program are coming down the pike. I know of one that is more than likely going to happen in the near future, but we'll report on that as I get more concrete information. I need to talk to some more of my hashtag sources to get some more information on that before I go and start naming names, but this is a good addition for the Cougars. This should offset any and all losses that BYU could have. Of course, Jasheer Hardnett already out. Ryland Bergerson already deciding he's going to enter the transfer portal. Uh, So, Toulson comes in, is immediately eligible, and as I've talked about previously, Wyatt Lowell, the WAC freshman of the year who also shot extremely well from three, averaged 38% from three-point land as a freshman for UVU a year ago at six foot ten. I would expect ends up joining the BYU basketball program as a transfer, but he would have to sit out because he's not a graduate transfer. He'd have to miss out on next season, so yeah, Jake Toulson brings the ability. He's got the size to guard on the on the perimeter and also even down in the post if he has to at six foot five. He's a scrappy player. That's what you'd expect when you're the nephew of Boston Celtics general manager Danny Ainge, who's one of the most feisty basketball players I've ever had the privilege of seeing highlights for. Uh, Danny played most of his career, his early part of his career with the Boston Celtics, etc. Before I really was paying attention to NBA basketball, but I saw him in kind of his later years and he was still a feisty as ever and Toulson has carried some of that over so this is a big addition for Mark Pope to get one of his star players, probably his best player from last year's team at UVU, to join him. Uh, Jeff Goodman had ranked Toulson as the best, tenth best graduate transfer in college basketball this past of this past off season. So it's a great ability uh, for the Cougars now to really get things going here. I feel like Mark Pope's going to come in and change some things. This is going to be a more of a defensive-oriented program in BYU. I know over the past couple of years, guys have lamented uh, the fact that they've had to play more defense, and that's to their detriment. Uh, TJ Hawes was not a fan of what Heath Schroyer brought to BYU, but let's be real. Heath Schroyer, what he brought to BYU was a toughness, an edge. He brought a defensive mindset, a bunch of ball screen, uh, pick-and-roll actions that really helped BYU be more effective in offense, but all of a sudden Heath Schroyer gets the, gets the head coaching job at McNeese State. He leaves, and you hear all these players like, well, yeah, we like this system a lot more that we're implementing, where it's the run and gun was back in effect. And look what happened to BYU this year. They didn't make the postseason. So playing in a system, a more regimented system, I think is going to benefit guys like TJ Hawes, no matter how much they may lament the fact they don't have the freedom to run up and down the court and jack up threes. Guess what? You want to win games, you want to go to the NCAA tournament, play in the system, and I think Jake Toulson can come in and really help guys like TJ Hawes understand what Mark Pope is going to require of his players as the head coach of BYU. I really expect that Toulson will probably be one of the leading players for BYU, if not their leading player next year. I know there's guys like TJ Hawes on this roster, Connor Harding, etc., but Toulson understands the system that Mark Pope wants to run, should come in, hit the ground running. He already understands the whole dynamic of playing for BYU, having graduated from high school and enrolling at BYU right away, so... There's no doubt in my mind personally that Jake Toulson can't be successful for the Cougars. I'm excited to see what he brings 
to the court. And if he can shoot 45% from three uh, for the Cougars next year, that's a new element of BYU's game. A consistent three-point threat would be absolutely massive for BYU. Guys like TJ Hawes, Harding, even Yoli Childs at points last year were good from three-point range, but the consistent three-point threat and guys like Zach Sellius were the guys who were thought to be that guy for the Cougars. They were not able to be consistent. Toulson proved it over an entire year. He earned the accolades of WAC Player of the Year. Also, honorable mention um, Associated Press All-American honors for his play last year with that 15.7 points and 4.5 rebounds. His assist number you'd like to see come up a little bit more in 35 games. He averaged 2.3 assists, but you like what he brings to the table and I really do feel like he comes to BYU at a critical time and should be able to help them quite a bit and the I think the bigger thing also one other note before we take a break here is the offer list that Goodman Toulson that Goodman said Toulson had he was looking at places like Duke Arizona State Stanford also Utah State where he's very close friends with Sam Merrill one of the best players in the state of Utah uh, the the Mountain West Conference player of the year this past year I thought he was going to end up at Utah State I had some strong indicators that he was going to join forces with Merrill to hopefully bolster Utah State but BYU is the beneficiary of his long-term relationship with Mark Pope. And I think it's a critical, critical win for Mark Pope on the quote-unquote recruiting trail. I know he's a graduate transfer, but it's a recruiting win for Mark Pope to pull him away from big-time programs like a Duke and Arizona State, Stanford, etc. So once again, congratulations to Jake Toulson on locking down his spot with BYU. Congratulations to Mark Pope and the BYU basketball program on getting a conference player of the year to join them as a graduate transfer. I really feel like this shows that Mark Pope can really go out and recruit. And I get that this is a little probably a little easier for him because it's a guy who's played for him previously. But Mark Pope, he's going to recruit his butt off plain and simple. And pardon the, the crass term there, but he is going to go out there and he's going to turn over every stone. He's going to do everything he possibly can to make BYU basketball into a power program. All right, there you go. Some thoughts on Jake Toulson. I think it's a big time get for the Cougars. Let me know what you guys think at Jacob C. Hatch. You also can follow the show at Locked on Cougars on Twitter, Facebook, and also Instagram. Let us know your thoughts on this edition. I think it's a fantastic edition, a big time win for BYU basketball to lure Jake Toulson back to Provo for one season as a graduate transfer and I think he's going to be one of BYU's top if not their top player in 2019-2020 in the upcoming season. Let me know what you think. I'd be happy to take your feedback. We'll play that. We'll, we'll actually play that. I need to talk to you guys about that at some point. We're going to set up a phone-in feature where you guys actually can call in and give your takes, and we'll play them on the podcast. It's still in development phase. We'll have that going for you here in the near future, but tweet in your thoughts. Let me know what you think. You also can email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com to give us your thoughts on Jake Toulson, but I think it's a big-time win for Mark Pope to land the WAC Player of the Year. All right, more in a moment. This is the the Locked on Cougars podcast. A reminder for you guys to check us out on the Himalaya podcast app. It's a fantastic new app, a proud partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. A lot of money going into this venture to create a podcatcher that can do everything you want, essentially. It has personally curated playlists to help you keep up to date on all the sports you're trying to track, the teams you're trying to track, and we're proud as the Locked On Cougars podcast to be part of this venture. So check it out. Also, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify 
everywhere podcasts can be found. You can find us there. Thanks again for joining us on a Wednesday edition of the show. More in a moment. This is Locked on Cougars. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on a Wednesday edition of the show. The NFL Draft kicks off tomorrow. I'm going to replay an interview I had on last week's podcast. I believe it might have been the week before that even. But I had a chance to catch up with Corbin Kafusi, of course. Stalwart defensive end, played through multiple injuries to finish out his career for BYU. And it has definitely affected his preparation for the next level. But I had a chance to catch up with him, talk about his recovery from those three surgeries he had to undergo at the end of the year, and also his preparations for the NFL as he looks to make an imprint wherever he lands. I'm guessing he'll probably be an undrafted free agent, but he talks a lot about what's going on with uh, his preparation for the NFL, the workouts he's been undergoing. And he also has a thought on Mark Pope taking over as the head coach of BYU, and he very much likes BYU's new basketball coach. So here you go. A little bit longer conversation, but I wanted to let you guys hear it once again. Corbin Kafusi with myself right here on Locked on Cougars. Corbin, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing all right. So, Corbin, uh, let's take let's take you back a little bit here. Of course, uh, we heard the news and people had talked about it in the lead up to the Utah game at the end of last season. Uh, there was reports out there that you were done for the year. You'd been injured. You were going to undergo surgery and you're ending your year prematurely. And then later in the week, reports emerged that, no, Corbin's actually back practicing. He's going to be out there. He's going to play. What went into that decision? Um, I think the biggest thing was kind of the the risks that were there you know it was okay if this can get a lot worse then let's definitely not play but since it couldn't get worse it's like now it just depends on if I can perform so that's kind of the things we have to take into consideration all right and after the season I think it came out you had three different injuries that you had surgery on is that correct yep can you specify what they were or would you rather not I don't, I don't want to put oh, you in no, that no, place yeah, they're not <laughs> There's no secret. Um, I had my ankle asbestos repair, so they went in and they had a, nothing was broken, thank goodness, but they had to put in a, a screw and what they call a tight rope. And then I had my tricep done. That was only partially torn, so that was nice. You know, not, not a full, complete roll up. And then my pinky finger, I split the tendon on there as well, so just had to go and get that put back together. Okay, and how long were you dealing with each one of these injuries throughout the year? Did they all come at the same time, or were they things that um, kind of piled up? It was definitely a pile up. So I actually did my finger in the first game, and one of those things where, like, you don't think your pinky finger affects you until you hurt it, and it's like, holy cow, I got to wear this dumb brace this whole season. But that was the first game. The tricep was literally the middle of the season, and then I did the ankle against, like, the third play of New Mass. Okay, wow. So you, you battled through that season with multiple injuries then. Uh, you know, I was just glad that I was able to keep going, you know, to, 
the strength and the training stack got me to the point where I could keep going. So that was nice. Okay, so you said that tightrope on your on your ankle. Is that the same surgery that Tua Tungavailoa underwent? Yeah, exactly. So that's how I tend to describe it. I'm like, oh, if you saw what Tua had, he has two in his leg and I have one. And so it's kind of a, it's a neat little surgery that they can put together makes it really nice well yeah and I, I so when that when the news broke of that i remember seeing the video of it. i think it was college game day did that and i saw the video of that i'm like that might be the smartest procedure in terms of like surgical stuff that i've seen in quite some time and i felt like actually it's going to become a thing that's going to be much more common do you kind of agree with that oh absolutely you know the way that it works like it's it's kind of i don't know it's just it's a lot easier but it's way more effective at the same time and do you think it'll become more of a preventative thing? Because if it, if it holds up like that, it's supposed to prevent it from happening again, theoretically, correct? Yeah, yeah, I think it definitely could become a preventative surgery that people have. All right, Corbin, uh, let's talk now. Of course, you, you, you've since moved on from BYU. You've begun your preparations. You've recovered from surgery. You've become, begun those preparations for your future. You have aspirations to go to the NFL, follow your dad and your brother's footsteps. What's it been like, this process of getting yourself back to full health first off, but also talking with NFL teams and the like? You know, I think the biggest thing, like you said, coming back is – it's been a process for sure. Um, it's it's hard enough to rehab one injury, but then like going through the rehab for all my separate injuries has been definitely taking its time. But I'm glad you know that I graduated and whatnot, so I don't have to worry too much about school. So literally, all my efforts have been in that. And that's what made it a little bit quicker, I think, for my recovery. When when you talk to NFL teams, I know they all kind of understand, hey, you, you can hand them that medical file and say, hey, this is why I haven't necessarily been doing all of these drills, etc. Do they uh, kind of give you feedback based more on your film from BYU, or do they kind of look at it more of a, from, a, I guess, a potential standpoint? Um, it's a little bit of both. I've, I've had people talk to me about my film and kind of how I was during the season, but then I also talk about potential and a lot of it. I've been surprised that, you know, they do ask about the injury, but for a lot of them, it's not as much concern as I would expect, you know, because, you know, sometimes they hear about injuries and they just completely shut you off, but they're like, oh, tell me about your injury. I think it's just the fact that none of these injuries I've had have kept me out very long, and the recovery has only been a couple of months, and so that's been promising. And now I... I you're a six foot nine defensive end. Do they ever bring up the height? Uh, they ne- they never really do. And in fact, they're, they're usually like if I meet them in person, they're kind of shocked. They're like, "Oh, you wow, you really are big!" Like, <laughs> so they think I you're think they, they think you're lying they, about that height number. By the way, I, I don't know. I think maybe they hear stuff, or maybe they they've had too many guys that say they're this tall, but they're not as tall. But then when they see me, they're like, "Whoa, like he's really big." Okay, level with me. If you're in just standing there in socks, I know that they make you do it in bare feet. How tall are you actually? Oh, that I, okay. Always depends on the measure, to be honest. Okay. Because when I got measured on pro day, I was shorter than I usually am, which was better for me. <laughs> but I usually, when I measure at the one that's in like the BYU football facility that they have on the wall, like. I'm usually six nine and a half. Okay, so you could really, if, if you wanted to say, you could say you're six ten. I suppose, right? 
that's true. And that's what the basketball team had me do. But now I, I'm always like, oh, I'm around 69. I don't blame you one bit. Um, so... <laughs> Now, of course, we're running up here on the NFL draft. Um, what do you have aspirations to hear your name called? Have you talked to your agent and said, hey, maybe I'm going to have to look more of the undrafted free agent route? What are the conversations about that in particular been like? Um, it's, it's kind of been a little bit of everything, you know, and the draft, it's funny because no matter who you talk to or who you look out with, it's all still a shot in the dark. Like, I remember with Bronson, Literally, when he got drafted to the Ravens, they were the only like team that hadn't talked to him or met with him or anything. And so, like whether I get drafted or not, it's just kind of a shot in the dark. And it'd be nice to hear my name. But at the same time, there's definitely some perks to like going as a free agent instead of going in a later round. And so, I'm just I'm just excited to try and get a shot at it. Have your dad and brother given you tips on what to expect once you get there? Oh yeah, definitely. They. They're, they're kind of the ones that's walked me through this weird limbo process, you know. And so I, I'm i excited to get going because they've told me so much about it. I feel a little bit more prepared for it. What, I guess, uh, is there anything in particular that Bronson, I know he's gone through it more recently, he's currently signed with the New York Jets. He's jumped around to multiple teams. What have kind of his been his key points on telling you, hey, this is what the NFL's like? I think, you know, one one thing he always brings up is in college. You know, everyone everyone's definitely hard in college, but it's so easy to if you're one of the better players on your team to go 100 percent like for three plays and then maybe take a play at 70 percent. Or, but he said once you get into the NFL, like you're doing 110 percent every single play, and you're getting as many plays as you can. Because, like, whether you're a rookie or a vet, you know, the amount of reps you have varies. And so whenever you're in, you have to go just as hard as you can. And so that's probably one of the things that stuck with me the most that you told me. Now, I guess if I were to ask you to describe your game, what would you describe it as? Uh, say that one more time. If you were, like, so if you were to describe what kind of player you are, the style of game you play, are you a power guy? Are you a finesse guy? How would you classify your your game personally? Ooh, I would. I, the thing that comes straight to my mind is like high motor, high energy. You know, instead of because that's just kind of what uh, my family likes to think. We're the, we're the dudes that you know. We, we definitely have some finesse, we have some power, but more than anything, like just we don't stop going. That's a, hey, NFL teams will love to hear that. Um, I wanted to ask you about your. So you have you have one other brother at BYU right now, and I remember talking yeah. to you this past fall, maybe even during a fall camp. You told me you believe that Devin could be better than both you and Bronson. Why do you think that? Devin is unique in the fact that he's a mixture of both of us. You know, Bronson and I we're brothers, but we're also definitely different body types, different playing styles in some ways. And Devin is kind of the best of both worlds. And so, and, he, and the good thing is he's got some time on his side. You know, I, I had my little stint with basketball and whatnot, but Devin is just straight football and he's focused in. And so I'm excited to see his development. I, well, I think BYU fans as a whole are, are hoping that if you can get a combo of Bronson and Corbin Kafusi, they're going to be very excited about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped for us. 
All right. Um. So this coming season, what are kind of your expectations for BYU? I know you're you're a proud alum. You want to see success for this program. What are your expectations for this program going forward? I think I think this will be a big year to take some big steps forward. You know, last year we did, we did take some steps forward, but we just need to keep climbing the ladder. And so this year, with the especially with these first four games, it's going to be huge to come out and set the tone early. You know, they come out and just set the tone with Utah and then just keep rolling from there. That'll be, I think they are capable of it and it'll be a huge for the team for the rest of the year. Okay, I want one more football question. We'll get to some fun here. How much would it mean for BYU to end the streak against Utah? Oh, I, man, I'd probably, I'd probably cry a lot. You know? <laughs> it, it would be amazing, not only for the current players, but for now that I'm an alumni and like just knowing some of the four players are just huge. All right. Okay, I, I promised you some fun here. So we're going to start off with your family, of course. You, you had a pretty high-profile family. Your father was a longtime assistant coach with the BYU football program. Your mother is now the mayor of Provo City. And, I, and I, I'll, I'll admit right now, I have been watching Keeping Up with the Kafusis. What went oh, no. into what, yeah, No, I have, and I've quite enjoyed it. What went into <laughs> the creation of that? I think the biggest thing was, you know, we thought – Man, we make we do so much stupid stuff, and it's kind of our own way of doing just family videos, you know, at home, just videos. And so when we put it out there, it was we never really intended it to be for the public, but it's like, oh, we might as well just put it out there. So we forget sometimes that oh, like people watch us and all the dumb things we do, but hopefully they get a kick out of it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I have really enjoyed it. Now, my my wife, who you know, you guys are student-athletes yeah. at BYU together, she was the one that kind of uh, turned me on to it, and I've really enjoyed it. And I, I, I think it's absolutely brilliant. So bravo to you and your family for even coming up with the idea and saying, yeah, let's go ahead and do this. Thank you. I'll pass it on. All right. Uh, and then, Corbin, one more thing here. Of course, reports out there that Mark Pope is going to be the head coach at BYU. You played basketball at BYU. Um what do you know about Coach Pope? What do you expect from him? And what you, I guess kind of the same thing with what I just asked you about BYU football. What are your expectations for the basketball program going forward? Well, it's kind of funny. Like, Coach Pope is the reason I played basketball. Okay. So he was an assistant at BYU, and he's the one that basically called me up and said, you need to come play basketball. And so I love that man. Like, he is one of, if not the greatest coach I've ever had. And so I am so excited for him. And in fact, I'm going to see if I can go visit him today because I just got to go see that guy. He's one of those dudes that just is incredible. You know, kind of one of those people that you will remember the rest of your life. And mm-hmm. so expectations for him at BYU, I have huge expectations for us to know what kind of guy he is. So do you think that he can get off to a hot start? Do you think the pieces are in place for BYU to really start building as soon as he uh, gets going with this program? Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, the great thing about Coach Pope is he can make something out of anything. You know, whether people think we have the pieces or not, he's going to be able to take the guys that are there now and make them into something more than they ever thought they could be. So I'm just so excited for him and for the basketball programs. 
All right, and then the last thing here, um, who is the better, I guess, I don't know how to ask this correctly, who is um, the true Aquaman in the Kafusi family? <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, you know, Newton has the longer hair, so I'll, I'll give him that, but when it comes down to, like, literally... I'm I'm the water guy in the family. Like when we were in California a couple I was training in California a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Bronson was training with me at the same facility and I was the only one that would go into the water. Like he had his life to be on the beach and then I was in the water for hours. So that's kind of my deal. Okay. <laughs> I'll that. Okay, I like it. Well Corbin, I really do appreciate appreciate you taking the time. We're hoping to hear your name called here when the NFL draft comes up here shortly and we'll be tracking you going forward, all right? Thanks so much, Doug. Appreciate it. There you go, Corbin Kafusi, and I wish him nothing but the best of luck. He has been an awesome ambassador for the BYU football program and also the basketball program during his time playing for Dave Rose and Mark Pope while he was a Cougar Cager. And I think it's going to be awesome to see what he does in the NFL. I think his measurables at 6'9" very much plays into his ability to show what he can do. His film is going to speak for itself, I feel like, for NFL scouts. A lot of them, as you heard him say, there is that conversation about his height. A lot of people don't believe he's actually as tall as he is, but I think when you see him play on the field, his height is an asset, and I know a lot of people worried that it was actually going to be a detriment to him. We'll see where he ends up, but I feel like he's going to get an opportunity, and here's hoping that he makes the most of it, and he can be the second Kafusi brother to play in the NFL alongside Bronson, who is currently signed with the New York Jets. We'll be tracking how everything goes in the NFL draft this coming weekend. Talk a little bit about Sione Takitaki and his chances of where he might land on tomorrow as the NFL draft kicks off. Should be interesting. I think that Sione probably is the only guy to be drafted, but I believe there are multiple BYU players who will be given undrafted free agent priorities. Um, that priority status where they're given signing bonuses to be an undrafted free agent and join BYU, join different franchises and hopefully make an imprint or earn a roster spot. And we'll talk about some of those throughout today, throughout tomorrow and Friday's podcast as things go on in the NFL draft. I'm not expecting Sione Takitaki to hear his name called until Friday at the earliest as most of the national experts, but we'll break it down for you right here on Locked on Cougars. All right, we will step aside here, do a quick final segment. We're way over time, but Wanted to remind you guys, it is baseball season, Major League Baseball in full swing. We're a month into the season, but if you want to keep up to date with your favorite club, check out the brand new Locked On MLB channel right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Keeps you up to date each and every day in 15 minutes or less about your favorite team. So check it out, guys. And also, if you want more of that 30,000 foot look, that macro look at Major League Baseball as a whole, check out the Locked On MLB show all right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. More in a moment. This is Locked on Cougars. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. (music) 
As we close out today's edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast, I want to thank you guys for your continued support of the show, especially if you're new, if you're just checking us out for the first time, welcome on in. Thanks again for taking the time to check us out. Hopefully it'll become your daily source for all things BYU sports. And when you get in your car, you can make it real easy. You can always be up to date on the latest with BYU news. Plug in your smartphone or your smart device when you get into your vehicle and tell it, play podcast Locked On Cougars. That way you're always up to date with everything going on in BYU sports. All right, let's run down everything that's going on in BYU sports tonight. There's only one game involving a BYU sports team, and that is the BYU women's softball team. They had the weekend off, but they are hosting Southern Utah at Gale Miller Field at 6 o'clock Mountain Time this evening. There will be a live stream on BYU TV Digital if you want to track it that way. You also can get live stats on the BYU Cougars website. You can get tickets at BYUtickets.com. But 6 o'clock Mountain Time, with the weather here along the Wasatch Front, especially today, I think it's supposed to reach the 70s. Should be a fantastic evening for softball to go watch Gordon Eakin's team. Best of luck to them as they prepare uh, to face off against an in-state rival in Southern Utah. Also, it's going to be a big weekend in BYU sports with the WCC tournaments for both men's and women's tennis teams as well as the men's golf team. Uh, The men's tennis team heads into the West Coast Conference tournament as the three seed while the women's team is the sixth seed. Uh, those begin tomorrow in uh, Claremont, California, the Besant's Tennis Center. So best of luck to both men's and women's tennis teams as they try to bring home a WCC title. They've both both experienced good seasons. Of course, the men's team was lights out for a, for a good run there. Had won, I think, 13 matches in a row. Hopefully they can recapture some of that, that fire and make a run towards the WCC title. Best of luck to them. Alright, that is today's podcast. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. It's NFL draft time. Of course, we're also going to start uh, looking at position previews for BYU basketball as the recruiting classes kind of filter out with Mark Pope taking over. We're going to be, it'll be interesting to kind of track this. I'm not sure we can do it fully because you never know which guys are going to transfer. Like I mentioned earlier, I've heard some indications that multiple guys may be on their way out of the BYU basketball program, but we will do our best over the coming days and weeks to break down all of those positions for you so that way you're kind of up to date on what to expect from Mark Pope in his first year at BYU. But stay tuned for all of that. We're going to be your daily source for all things BYU news. And thank you guys once again for your continued support of the podcast. All right, back tomorrow with more right here on Locked On Cougars on the Locked On Podcast Network. Enjoy the rest of your day, and thanks for downloading us. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.